The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Today in studio, we have a special treat beside me and uh, going to interview none other than Gerald Salente is Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Myself, Darren Long, I'm the Senior Analyst with Guildhall as well as the Vice President of Sales. We're very excited for today's show. We're going to be talking and focusing on our favorite topic. Folks here listening to The Real Show know we love gold and silver and physical form. We've got lots to talk about on today's show. Our team's been helping people here at Guildhall since 2002. And again, this show, The Real Money Show, goes to the World Wide Web via our podcast here on AM640 on a weekly basis on Saturday, Sunday. And we're excited for this week's show. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing great. Really excited to have Gerald back on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, stock market, hot wars, trade wars, uh, U.S. dollar, gold, and all of the hot trends that he's seeing going on right now. I think we're in for uh, a really good show. And I was told by a little mouse that you might be bringing up the Trump effect also. That's right. Well, I'm very excited for this. Again, if you want to get in touch with us during this show, if you're uh, able to go online while you're listening to this show, if you're driving, remember the number, one eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com. Now, during this show, we're going to have these couple of next segments devoted solely to Gerald Salente. So please take advantage, listen in. If you have questions, please follow up and email us if you'd like. And of course, when we come back from the interview, we're going to spend some time talking more about the interview itself. And we're also going to spend some additional time talking about how to get into these markets of gold and silver, registered accounts. We have the allocated financing account options. We have depository accounts. You can walk in and buy gold and silver from Guildhall. We make it very easy for you to own one of the most premier assets in the world to protect your wealth, and that is precious metals, gold and silver. And we have a special treat today. Jeremy's going to interview Gerald Salente. We have him queued up. We have him in studio, and we're excited to get to this interview. He's online waiting for us right now. Now, those of you who have been regular listeners have had the treat of listening to Gerald Salente over the years with The Real Money Show. And for those of you that are new, well, Gerald Salente, he developed the global nomic methodology to identify, track, forecast, and manage trends. He's a political atheist. He's unencumbered by political dogma, rigid ideology, or conventional wisdom, and he says it how it is. He does not hold back. I assure you we're going to get some special moments here in the next couple of seconds. He definitely would love to have you as a listener connect with him. If you're interested in the trends forecast, stay tuned. He's going to give you the details. Details as will Jeremy on how to connect. And without further ado, Jeremy and Gerald, take it away. Gerald Salente, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great to have you back. So let's get right into it. Um, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at recently at Guildhall is we were looking at some of the things that are going on in the stock market. Some articles came out recently. One was discussing how one of the largest buyers of, of the stocks in recent years has been actually companies themselves buying back stocks uh, to a tune of over 18% of the market cap. And then interestingly enough, this year, those corporate buybacks are down by 20% year over year. So we're interested to hear your thoughts on if uh, the Trump effect of the stock market, because he's been getting the credit for it all, if you think that that's about coming to an end. Oh yeah, the uh, the Trump effect is is over now. That uh, we're now, no one's expecting much to happen in terms of tax reform, infrastructure rebuilding, or again whether or not you're in favor of these things, the things that he said, including deregulation. So it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And the point that you made 
And there, there are two reasons why the markets went up. Uh, stock buybacks was one of them. The other, merger and acquisition activity. And then you look at the numbers with um, the Federal Reserve, the United States, the U.K., the Bank of England, uh, the Swiss, Swedish, uh, ECB. And they dumped in you know, trillions of dollars uh, in the last 10 years when the panic of, uh, following the panic of 08. And uh, that's what's really boosted the markets as well. Putting it, I mean, you have you have the ECB buying corporate bonds. You know, you you have Japan. You have you buy a ten-year bond. You know, I like you. You're a nice guy. I'm going to sell you a ten-year bond, and when you cash it in in ten years, because I like you so much, I'm going to give you less than what you bought it for. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So who's buying the bonds? The Japanese government. Japanese government's buying stocks. So the whole markets are artificially inflated. And then when you look at the P.E. ratios, you know, when you're looking, for example, in the uh, tech sector, I mean, you have stocks like uh, Amazon, you know, 184 times earnings. You know, the average is around, what, 14.5. And, and their earnings are flat. So you have a bubble building, and you also, it's very deceptive as well when they talk about, corporate earnings, because what they use now is GAAP, G-A-A-P, Generally Accepted Accounting Practices. They don't use return on capital invested that was, or invested capital. That was different. So that was the real hard measurement. This is the capital we put in. This is the return on it. If you use that factor, you're not looking at you know, a 10.5% increase in corporate earnings, you're looking about a 5% decrease. So the whole thing's become a numbers game. And so in that sense, you know, you've talked about this in the past in terms of, you know, if things aren't going well economically, they're going to want to take you to war. And we saw recently with, um, with, the U.S. and North Korea, uh, militaristic rhetoric going on. Now, that seems to have subsided, but it also seems to be the only time Trump isn't getting major criticism around the world. Do you think that that's a trend that we should be paying attention to in terms of the geopolitical aspects of if the stock market starts to fade here where reality really sets in? Do you think that hot wars are going to be something that we're going to see coming to the forefront? Yes. And when you, it's more than rhetoric, and and I mean, go back to uh, the dot com bust in two thousand. People forget this. The United States was in a recession. The dot com bubble burst. It was murderous for a lot of people. What was that? March of two thousand. What happens in September two thousand and one? Nine eleven. You know, you watch those. You know, you know, you know the motto of the Trends Journal. Mm-hmm. Think for yourself. We don't tell people what to think. You listen to George Bush when this stuff happens. You want to see a bad scripted play? You listen to this little murderer keep talking. There's nothing there, an empty shell. We, we broke down his speech when they started the Afghan war, word for word, when he addressed the nation. And we began it by saying only a madman would speak these words, and only people dumbstruck with terror would believe them hmm. and believe they did. So here the United States is, what, 16 years into the Afghan war? Af- Taliban did nothing to us. 
there's a man by the name of Osama bin Laden, and he's hiding there, and we're going to go get him. No, we're not going to talk to them. We're, not, we're going to go get them. So they destroy an entire nation, kill hundreds of thousands of people, $2.5 trillion later, and what have they got? But it got the people's mind off the terrible economic times. And then what did they do? They began the biggest Ponzi scheme in modern history. And that's what, that's what brought the, the, the crash on. And now that Ponzi scheme has been brought to bigger levels, as I mentioned, by all the debt that the central banks have taken on. Oh, and then they talk about going to war. Look what's going on between now China and India. It's not even making the news. And China's what? You know, China's debt quadrupled since the panic of 08. It's now at nearly $30 trillion. So, you look around, and what we're saying, the one hot spot to watch that we are forecasting that they're going to push us into war is with Iran. Do you hear the language coming out from the ambassador of the United States, from the, from the Secretary of State Tillerson, from, from uh, Trump? Watch Iran. Is that something that is going to be mentioned in the next journal, by the way? Yes. Well, we actually have been talking about it a lot in our Trends in the News broadcast. We do those each weekday night. And, and we wrote about it as well in our Trend Alerts. So we, we see that coming. That's the one to watch. And uh, by the way, a story came out last week. Didn't make any of the American press at all. You could look it up. They released the documents, finally, from the CIA detailing the overthrow of Mossadegh, the prime minister of Iran in 1953, orchestrated by Winston the murderer Churchill. In his own words, we will do what anything that we can. They wanted the oil. Mossadegh had the nerve to nationalize the Iranian oil, take it out of the hands of Anglo-Iranian oil, better known today as BP and Standard Oil, better known today as ExxonMobil. The facts are right there. It's government data. It's official. Never makes the news. And then, of course, they brought in the Shah, you know, the emperor for this eternity and seven million others, you know, the line of low baloney that cat had, the Savak, the secret police, the thousands of people that they killed. But Americans don't know that story. Most of the people don't. So it's very easy to set up hatred, just like they're doing with Russia. Every now, you know, now that Trump has other problems, Russia's out of the news. So when all else fails, yes, they take you to war. Yeah, you know, and and we were just uh, Darren and I were just talking before the show, and and he, Darren was making a good point that there's a a lot of misguided trust out there. There's a lot of people out there trusting things that it, it's just in a misguided way because once you start getting behind the news, once you dig a little bit deeper, it's tough to sit there and say, oh well, I'm just going to trust the mainstream media and these type of things. I want to turn our attention to a little bit on the U.S. dollar and. And, and gold. And it's interesting that you brought up China because this debt issue in China is something that no one seems to want to talk about. Yet we hear a lot about people wanting to pull their money out of China like crazy. And you kind of say, well, why would you want to do that if things are going so well over there? 
but uh, you know the there there must be a fear in china going on and and uh, certainly there are people who are looking at the stock market in the us looking at the debts and saying okay i've got something to fear but the us dollar recently which is considered a safe haven asset you know when there's trouble in the world people flee to the us dollar but with the north korean situation we didn't see that there were a lot of people taking note that the us dollar was actually falling on that that news um and i'm just curious to see if if you still think that gold is considered a safe haven, or if the U.S. dollar should still be considered a safe haven as well? Well, no, we don't consider... Well, again, you look at the dollar, it's down almost 8% this year. And uh, it's been going down before, of course, North Korea, as you mentioned, it, it didn't go up. And that's because of the economic situation in the United States. And, uh, and, and, of course, the uncertainty of the presidency. Oh, yes, we're bullish on gold as a safe haven asset. It's the ultimate one. And you're looking at it going up as tensions increase. And you mentioned with China. I mean, you know, the same with India. You know, the, the people are going to keep buying gold. The prices of gold go down, they go back up because the price is low and they're buying more. And so are central banks. So, no, we, we still see gold very much as a safe haven. This is our forecast. Gold's right now trading in a $1,200, $1,300 range. It has to break smartly over 1300 to show some strength. When it goes over 1400 and we're talking 1450 1480 1470 1460 if it starts trading in that range, we're seeing a spike to 2000 On the downside, you have a $100, $150 downside. We don't see that much. So the downside risk, and again, we're not, don't confine it. We don't give financial advice. Those are our forecasts. That's where we see it. And by the way, the same reason why all these cryptocurrencies are going up. People are fearful of, of, their, of their fiat currencies. But with a cryptocurrency, you know, it's all in the air. It's digital, you know, printed on nothing. With gold, it's still not only a safe haven asset, it's a physical asset. So although we're going to see these cryptocurrencies go up as more and more cashless societies ring in, it's still, you know, it's only in the air. It's in the cloud where gold you could put in your hand, and that's a big difference. Because, you know, you know, look what's going on now. All of a sudden the mainstream media is selling survival things, survival food. You know, what are you, what are you kidding me? You're going to drop a bomb, you're going to go live in a hole? You're going to get out of there. And you know my GC's three G's, guns, gold, and a getaway plan. And you can't do that with a cryptocurrency so easily. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look, the, the, the cryptocurrencies are what they are. We don't see them as something that's a competitor to gold. Um, it's an asset, but it's a different asset class altogether. And I think when you look at the central banks going on, when central banks are buying gold, whether the price is up or down, it sort of speaks to the idea of anyone who wants to have have a plan, have a backup, have an insurance policy, why wouldn't you build your position up to 10 or 15%, which is the quote-unquote sort of norm for precious metals? That's the recommended amount generally. But, you know, Mine yeah, in those situations... Yeah. yeah, in those situations... Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been buying gold since 1978. Mm -hmm. So I have a... It's what mine's way over. Mine's over the fifty percent range, right? And so, in that situation, you're not you're not worried about where the price is day to day. No, no, yeah. because again, what's the downside risk? Mm -hmm. 
It's oh. minimal. Oh, I agree. I bought. I, I I tell my clients I bought gold at nineteen hundred. It doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. It's it just added to my portfolio, and uh, there's always an opportunity to buy at a lower point and. And if you have a, a nice position, it's great to say, yeah, I can wait for a lower price if it comes. Well, you know, I keep saying, you know, you want gold for your golden years. So to me, I don't trade it. I used to years ago. I just buy it and put it away. And uh, that that's the way I look at it. And you think of a young people ask me, and again, I don't give financial advice, and that's what I recommend. I say, look, you know, just buy a little bit each month, keep putting it away. You start doing it in your in your twenties. By the time you hit your sixties, you know you'll have you'll have one stockpile there. So you know that's the way. Again, for a young person, is to just buy what they could afford, put it away, and forget about it. You know that's the way. I, again, that's you know the motto. Again, is think for yourself. We're not telling people what to do, but that's what I advise young people to consider. Well, we're going to continue interviewing Gerald Salente here in a moment. And you're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Find us online at guildhallwealth.com or give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver Well, we're back. And once again, you're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Darren Long, your host, senior analyst and vice president of sales with Guildhall, and Jeremy Wiseman, the vice president of Guildhall Wealth Management, we're in the midst of an interview with Gerald Salente. It's going well. I love this guy. He says some of the most pertinent things. And we were just talking about uh, where the American public is heading in terms of their mindsets. And really, let's just delve right back into this. I know you wanted to bring up the Monthly Buyers Club with, with Gerald. We're seeing a lot of people actually moving in that direction. We have a monthly buyers program, so people are buying on a smaller smaller scale, but regularly, because let's face it, the the war on saver is over and we lost. The central banks went low interest rate. You're now either a consumer, a speculator, an investor, but you're, you, you can't be a saver in this, in, in this economic environment anymore. No. And that's, you know, the, and look at the ECB, you know, they're, they're charging, uh, you know, negative interest rates to put your money in the bank. You know, they're charging companies, large companies, to, to hold their money. I mean, this is unheard of. This is, this is, again, you know, people would say to me, well, you know, Mr. Salenti, you said the market was going to crash in 2012, and it hasn't. You're right. I never heard of negative interest rates, never heard of zero interest rate policy, never heard of quantitative easing. They didn't teach that in Economics 101, man. Never existed before in the history of the world, part one or part two. They're just making this stuff up. And then, again, you go back to China. You know, we still think China's going to grow, even if they have a bubble bust, because the government is running the business. It's an inside-out rather than an outside-in. Mm-hmm. So in the United States and in, 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 in the Western world, we have the pressure from business on government. It's the other way around in China. China is the government. Mm-hmm. The government is business. The business of China is business. The business of America has become war. So China's they, they, they're running the show. They don't have to worry about outside influences. They are the influence. So we believe they're going to do everything they can to keep their economy going because China's greatest threat is its own people. They got 1.3 billion of them. They used to put out a report each each year, uh, coming out of Hong Kong, how many social disturbances there were, major ones. 
It was like 40,000 a year. 40,000. They got to keep their people happy. So they're going to do everything they can to do that. That's not necessarily uh, th- those type of stats. I don't think they're keeping them in the states with with the different uh, with everything that's going on there. It seems like the majority of the people who are not being economically um, fruitful are getting a say or even getting into the news. No, there's no news, and you know they, they they talk about fake news. It's stupid news. You know, it's dumbed down news. You get one story a day. That's all the media is. And then you turn them on. You know, thanks to Bill Clinton, the 1996 Federal uh, Communications Act, they deregulated the communications industry. There used to be thousands of owners of private radio stations, TV stations across the country. Now six companies control over 90% of all the media. So you turn on the cartoon news network that people like to call CNN or any of the other ones, and who do they have? They're paid contributors. They pay the people to, so they either hear one side or the other. Why am I going to turn on the TV to hear some jerk? You know, you were talking about earlier, you know, about people t- tuning in and getting one message. It's the same thing. Why would any thinking adult, why would anyone with a half a brain, a half a brain, believe a politician? Number two, how can they let these little boys and girls run and ruin their lives? You got one up there. This guy, Trudeau, he was born on third base. He thought he had a home run. He'd be a nobody if his old man wasn't who he was. Same thing we got over here all in, all in New York. Trump, the same thing. Now, Trump's old man was a multimillionaire. Left him over 400 million bucks, him and his brothers and sisters. You got the governor of New York, Mario Cuomo. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was Andrew Cuomo, the governor's son, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and his little brother over there, Chris Cuomo on CNN. Oh, you turn on the ABC, little uh, Stephanopoulos. Oh, yeah, the Clinton mouthpiece. Yeah, that guy. It's, it's a joke. How could any adult believe these little boys and girls? And then they argue that my jerk is better than your jerk. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I love the Trends Journal, because you bring this this type of information to your audience who wants to wants to understand what's going on and wants to just dig a little bit deeper than what they're seeing day to day in the news or whether it's whether it's on online or watching TV or even in the newspapers. That's why I think the Trends Journal is so critical in that in that regard. And I love it because it, the, the articles are fantastic. What Obviously, the next Trends Journal should be coming out soon, right? Yes. It'll, well, the next one will be out yeah, the uh, uh, second week of September. But we put out a Trends Monthly, Trend Alerts each week. And, of course, we have Trends in the News broadcast each weekday nights. So it's really the only place we believe where you can read and hear history before it happens. You know, many of the things that we're talking about today, you know, we've been informing our readers about and now it's just making the news, for example, what's going on between China and India up in the Himalayas. And uh, there's a lot going on with this because, if it, you know, again, we, we're talking about when all else fails, they take you to war. We're talking about the debt problems in China. And how about the problems in India with their sales tax, recalling the rupees? You know, are the people happy there? And then, of course, there's the destabilization going on in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Yemen that never makes the news, the uh, the Iraqi crisis. So, you know, it, it's 
it's people aren't getting that. All they're getting is how to hate another country. And let me say something really stupid and make it simple, and you believe it because you believe anything kind of news. Are are there any strong trends that you're seeing for the for the back half of the year here? Yeah, we think there's definitely going to be a major market correction, and it, at least ten percent. And again, it could be worse than that because there's always the wild cards that nobody can ever predict, whether man-made or made by Mother Nature. And right now, the Trump card is the wildest of all cards. So there can be a... This, to me, is really a time for safe haven thinking. And again, when you turn on the major media and they're selling you survival food, you know, come on, grow up. You know, whether you drop a bomb somewhere, you're going to be okay eating this stuff. You know, you better have a plan. And again, my plan is GC's 3G's, guns, gold, and a getaway plan. When 9-11 happened, poof, that's what I had. I'm ready to, I was ready to head up to Canada. And from Canada, I could have gone anywhere. And I was ready to leave as soon as the, the towers came down. I wrote about it because, you know, I've been forecasting Crusades 2000 now since 1993. And that's all we're in. This is the 10th Crusade. So people should really understand what's going on and think for themselves and, and start reading and listening to sources that aren't your regular source of information. So if you hate the Iranians, good or bad, right or wrong, go to FARS News Agency. You don't like what's going on with the, uh, with the Sunni Arabs, go to Gulf News, go to Al Jazeera. In other words, go to Global Times to get your Chinese news. Cover the world. This is the global age. Start thinking globally. You don't have to act globally, but you could think globally. And for people who want to get in touch with you, all, uh, all the information um, can connect to you through uh, The Real Money Show. Go to guildhallwealth.com. It's on The Real Money Show. We've got all the links there to your pages. But just since you're here, uh, can you tell everyone how to get in touch with you, how to find the Trends Journal and everything else that you're, you're working on? Right, trendsjournal.com. Just trendsjournal.com, and that'll take you right there to, to our Trends Research Institute webpage. Great. Gerald, always great to chat with you and hear your opinions and, and see what's going on. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show real soon. All right, thank you. And thank you guys for all that you do. Thank you. All right. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little more about this incredible interview we've just had with Gerald Salente. Again, fantastic questions, lots to talk about. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. You can reach us at one eight seven seven eight silver online at guildhallwealth.com. Remember, right now, we have a fantastic promo. For every 5000 USD invested in one of our registered accounts holding gold or silver or a combination of both, you get one free gram of gold up to a maximum of 10 grams. So we're happy to do that for our clients. We look forward to having you back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Well, welcome back. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. There you can find everything you need all in one place to get your investment in precious metals started. It is a fantastic website. Jeremy spent countless amount of hours editing and creating something that is inclusive for our client base. We've spent so much time trying to make sure that we take input from the clients to give them something that makes sense and gets them educated about how to own and invest and the reasons why to own and invest in gold and silver. Now, if we're 
correct in assuming that this is going to be heard by a lot of people. The interview we just did with Gerald Salente, which I think went fantastic, Jeremy, is kind of a great way to break into something else that we like to add to the show every now and then, which is to say that we love getting questions from our client base. And you have a question that you're going to delve into, and I'm going to give a real-time answer here on air that hopefully the client will be listening to and hear and kind of give us some sense of what he should be doing. Yeah, so we've got a, um, a client here who's purchased silver in the past, looking to um, get more into the precious metals with a much larger investment. And they're wondering about whether or not the, the difference in terms of the dynamic between gold and silver, why get involved in gold at this point? <clears throat> He's pointing out things like... Uh, you know, the, the arguments made by, by Harry Dent in the past, and just essentially looking at the different dynamics. What, why get into gold at this point, and what should the timing look like to get involved? Now, obviously, we're not advisors here, but we do know what clients have done in the past and, uh, and certainly what the dynamics of this market are like. Well, I mean, it's a great point, especially in the heels of such a fantastic interview. And this is, I would assume, an individual who's probably thinking about a long-term investment and probably a substantial amount of funds uh, to him or her that are going to be put into something like gold in physical form. So, I mean, when I think about it, I, I like to think that we're probably living in the most astonishing period of time. And we've talked about this at length, Jeremy. This is a period of monetary printing. It's the biggest we've ever witnessed in human history. It's as prevalent as it is delusional, as we just spoke about with Gerald Salente, and how much gets swept under the rug and how people just don't think for themselves. And particularly in the G8 nations, we are the guinea pigs for the experiment. One of the most confounding mysteries I've come across since we've opened our doors way back in 2002 began right around the time that the Federal Reserve in the U.S. embarked on quantitative easing number three, which was a huge, enormous $85 billion U.S. dollar per month experiment. Right at that point in time, we saw or witnessed commodities begin what was to become a multi-year decline within about two to three weeks of that announcement being made. And we're now seeing what we believe is a reversal of that situation culminating in the most up-to-date position of where we stand. Concurrently, if you look at the world's central banks, basically they've plunged the world into steeply negative real interest rates. Something that Gerald Salente pointed out when you interviewed him is was was a precursor, not a precursor, a postcursor to preventing him from making an accurate forecast because he could never have interpreted that, you know, governments were willing to go so far as to stoop so low in order to keep the Ponzi scheme going. So this condition, which is already resulted in flourishing commodity prices before when we saw quantitative easing come in, we saw rebounds in gold and silver. It's really gone the opposite direction to the extent that we've seen stock markets have a direct correlation uh, of, of a tremendous rebound with these tremendous amounts of growing debt. So you've got a situation that's occurring where, in essence, you've got the exact opposite of what should be happening occurring. And of course, all of those things that occur like this when they're swept under the rug and this is artificial have to revert back to a mean. And that's where we see gold and silver coming in and taking off. And of course, these situations, they become overshot where we see things like gold and silver and we see analysts talking about 10,000 an ounce gold and well, silver. They're talking and, a lot higher you know, than that now. Now they are, right? Um, of course. So yes, I, I think that it's not one thing. It's, it's not just one factor 
it, it's it's a multiple amount of factors. Like, uh, for example, we were just talking earlier at the beginning of the interview that, well, companies for the most part have been buying back their own stock, which is great because if your company isn't doing so well, then at least the leaders of those companies can do great because they just buy back their own stock with money that they borrowed at a really low interest rate. It pushes the stock price up, they get their bonus, but the company didn't actually produce well, right? It didn't actually grow, but we got the impression that things grew. Uh, certainly, if if you have a printing press in your backyard and you want to give yourself credibility, then what you want to do is you want to suppress those things that are going to point that out. So you have a uh, you have a nosy neighbor that that's screaming, that doesn't work like that. It's not you know that's not real money, and you just muzzle him. Well, that's what they did with gold and silver. We have to muzzle gold and silver because if the price of gold and silver is going up, people as we mentioned in the interview, people aren't stupid. They might be mistrusting sometimes, and why wouldn't you trust the government? But at the end of the day, do they have your best interest at heart here? Well, they're devaluing the currency like crazy. They're not telling you what the dollar's actually worth or how much money they're printing, but you can see that we're going into debts. You can see that companies are buying back their stock. You can get a sense that things aren't right. I mean, I, I for example, I remember... I guess it was around 2000, I want to say 2006, 2007, there was a big buildup in everyone in, in real estate in Alberta. Everyone was very, very excited about that. And it came, it, it didn't, it came, it came crashing down at a certain point, but it, during it, everyone believed that that was how it was going to, that's just how it was going to be going forward. Not the case, you know, same thing, subprime in, in the U S everyone thought, yep, I can borrow from this one. ATM my house on this, get another rental, move on to the next one, and eventually that comes crashing, crashing down too. So there's multiple factors going on, but what we do know is that growth is stagnant, that there's a, a ton of debts, that those debts are continuing to grow, that central banks are going to look for different ways to grow their credibility. But in the meantime, gold and silver had a great run up from 2000 and basically 2000, 2001, all the way to through 2011, uh, 2012, and we've consolidated while the debts continued to grow, the stock market be got to bubble territory, real estate got to bubble territory, and now those that have sold off their gold, that part of the market has been capitulated. Everyone else who's been buying over the last several years are not looking to sell. Now, there could be some frustrated investors, sure, but the question then becomes, as we were talking with Gerald, well, how, what's the size of the portfolio? Do you have do you have fifteen percent, or are you trading a position that's under ten percent? Let's get let's get to that that larger position where you've protected your wealth. And so, timing wise, I think until you get to a point where you have that insurance policy, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But we do see that whether the price is high or low, central banks are buying it. Well, listen, if you're listening to this show right now and you believe in what we're talking about, and you have an actor of interest in creating wealth for your family, protecting or ensuring the wealth you already have, dial the number. It's one eight seven seven eight silver Go to the website. It's guildhallwealth.com. It's easy to find and get updated to the latest that's going on in the gold and silver market. 
And remember, when you're buying through Guildhall Wealth Management, you're given great options to be able to hold physical gold and silver, whether it's something that you want to do to take home with you, if you want to start small, or if you want to put a sizable investment into the market, you can do that as well. You have the option of storing product with our firm, as well as putting some gold and silver into your RRSP. We're going to go into the last quarter of the year very shortly. And as we approach that time, it's back to school. We see pullbacks in the stock markets. If you've had good time with, uh, with profitability in the stock markets, and again, I'll remind our listeners, we're not financial analysts. I mean, we're not financial planners. We're not financial advisors. We're analysts in the markets. We're experts in acquisition of gold and silver and everything that is gold and silver physical gold and silver. But if you've been doing very well in the stock markets, you're to be congratulated, but always be planning ahead. And as Gerald Salente says, you need to think for yourself. And so if you want to put some gold and silver into your registered accounts, whether it's an RESP for the kids going back to school, whether it's a registered retirement savings plan, a spousal plan, you can do this. We can help you at Guildhall to do it. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and the website is guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy. And all of those accounts are fully allocated, fully segregated, meaning your account is separated from every other account. Your What you're holding in your RSP, the physical gold is separated from any other holding. It's not commingled. It's not mixed. And then you're getting your serial numbers provided to you, and then you can even go to the vault to personally audit. We do that as well with the, just a regular depository account where, you know, if a client gets to a point where they're storing a significant amount of bullion, they, they don't want that risk of storing it on their own. They want to know that it's fully insured. They want to know that it's fully secured. But they also want to know that there's accessibility to it, that they could call us up and whether it's that day or the next day that they can get their, their physical bullion. And that's what we do at Guildhall. You know, during 9-11, if you had your, your precious metals in a bank, you couldn't get to it. The banks were closed. But with us, where we're holding it, it's an independent vault facility outside the banking system. If there was a, a freeze on banks, a bank holiday, our doors are still open. And which is a great point to make that accessibility to the world's most liquid assets of gold and silver should be just that, pure, unencumbered accessibility. And that's what we provide at Guildhall Wealth Management. Now, before we leave here, I want to remind listeners, we're going to have a small break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about owning gold and silver, how to get it into your TFSA. We're going to spend some time talking about how to get silver half off. It's a fantastic opportunity for those that want to take advantage of it, our allocated financing accounts. And we're going to bring up one of our favorite subjects, a little bit about colored diamonds and where we see those heading and how you can get those in your portfolio as well. So you're listening to The Real Money Show here on Talk Radio, AM640. It's Guildhall Wealth Management, guildhallwealth.com or one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, talk to us a little bit about what the recent changes to our website have meant for our clients, the feedback we're getting on how easy it is to take a look at how to plan your future wealth, how easy it is to take a look at the diamonds and see everything on the site itself. Well, one of the things that we've done differently with, with our diamond site here is we've taken away the filter aspect that you see on a lot of websites that uh, put vivid, intense, and fancy diamonds separate. Because what we wanted to really focus on was looking at their price point and what their budget might be for a diamond so that they could see that 
you know, what you can buy a vivid yellow for, you could probably buy a fancy pink for, and where which one might work better in the portfolio. Now, we also wanted to show, be able to, in one picture, be able to see the, the variety of products that we have and get a sense of prices. Now, we don't put all the prices on because if it's something's more on the expensive side, um, you know, we're not showing the price on that. But what what people notice when they go to guildhallwealth.com and go to the diamond section is that we have the finest natural fancy color diamonds available. These are diamonds that are uncomparable to other things that you're going to see or hear about in the market. So when we're talking about a 1.04 fancy vivid yellow internally flawless diamond, it's not just that this diamond is the strongest color the best clarity possible and and over a carat, but it's also about the quality of the cut, the quality of the symmetry of that diamond. And these are the things that create the rarity because we could go out there and probably find five or six one carat vivid internally flawless diamonds. The question is going to be if the diamond is deep or shallow, those things are going to affect how the light hit reflects in that diamond, which is also going to reflect on the value. We want to make sure that the diamonds are of the absolute highest quality, and what you get out of that is rarity. Now, when we're talking about the retail sector getting involved in the market, well, you know, it's one of those cases where everyone's going to win with the rising tide because the major uh, jewelry stores are going to be looking at the VS quality. So that's already two, three levels down from internally flawless. You're going to go through internally flawless to very, very slightly included diamonds, down to the very to very slight included diamonds, um, which are considered what they call eye clean. So that's what it is going to look good in jewelry. But comparably speaking, it might be the difference between thirty vivid yellow internally flawless diamonds to a hundred and thirty of the VS to over three hundred and sixty of the of the VS quality. So if enough people are buying those. I don't want to call them lower quality diamonds per se, but uh, not internally flawless, then it is going to push up the overall market in general. And we've seen the consistency of the prices in natural fancy colored diamonds continue on pace. And it's a great long-term investment for someone who's covered their basic needs. They've got their investments in the stock market. Perhaps they even have their their allocation of pres, uh, precious metals as well. And now they're looking for some somewhere else to store and grow their capital. And a natural fancy color diamond is a great place to do that. One eight seven seven eight silver or guildhallwealth.com to go online and see these diamonds. If you are seriously considering an investment or you'd like to find out more about a color diamond investment, the best way to do this is to make an appointment to come into the office. You can call Jeremy directly, you can call myself directly, you can call Paul directly. You've listened to this show long enough, you owe it to yourself to explore this opportunity for yourself. And that all starts by getting out to that website. Now, Jeremy, the Fancy Color Research Foundation, for which we are members of, this is the world's most imminent resource for very good data on what color diamonds are doing quarter to quarter. Tons of research on there. We give this research to our client base. Just came out with a report not but a week and a half ago. We brought it to last week's show discussing what has happened on a quarterly basis this year so far with blue diamonds. Now, this is not just any blue diamond. This is all blue diamonds. 
This is from fancy, from flawed blue diamonds uh, to right up to vivid IF diamonds. And what they said was right now, blues are averaging just over 6% per quarter. Now, if we fast forward to a year from now, that's on all blues, bare minimum, 25%, 24 to 25% return on a person's money. Now, I don't know where else a person can go with such little risk when it comes to owning a colored diamond and make that kind of return. Share with us, if you will, your experience and what your customers have given you for feedback when they've bought, owned, and then realized the profit on a colored diamond. Well, uh, just before I answer that, I want to talk about the blues because the blue diamonds have gone up very well in 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 certain quarters over the years, they, they've definitely stayed in positive territory. Of course, if you want to buy a half carat intense blue VS quality, blue green uh, VS quality, you expect to pay close to 200000 or more for that diamond. And so, yes, in this case, you're paying for those returns. You're putting up a lot of money to get into a market where those diamonds are so rare that of course they're moving up. And the biggest players in the colored diamond world are getting involved in those blues and greens and pink diamonds uh, because A, they they have the pocketbook for it. B, they know it's money in the bank. So they make those decisions quickly to get involved in those markets and, and ride them out. We look for different ways to get involved in the market and find value where we absolutely can. So for example, um, we have a five carat fancy yellow flawless diamond right now, which is under a hundred thousand. So that's something that can definitely be looked at. But what we have seen is that the, the, the prices rise consistently. And if a client has held a diamond long enough, they see that rise. We, we tell clients to, to hold on to a diamond for five years so that they can see where the diamond, the, where they can start to get a sense of the projection right? You bought a diamond five years ago. Here's where the prices of diamonds are going for today. In other words, five years ago, you bought the diamond for a lot less. Today, no one can buy the diamond for what you paid for it. We want people to see that because then in the fullness of time, they're very happy because what happens is, is when you sell a diamond, unfortunately, you you give up the gains on the diamond as well. So, um, but, you know, looking at the website right now, just the first four diamonds that pop up, one's a vivid yellow, internally flawless, one's a half carat fancy orangey pink, internally flawless, a five carat fancy yellow, radiant, flawless, and even a 1.6, which is great because it's not at the one carat level, it's not at the two carat level, just over one and a half. Uh, That's a fancy yellow, radiant cut, internally flawless, 25,000 Canadian, um, sorry, 25,000 US, I apologize. But, uh, you know, a fancy yellow, one and a half carat, that, that's going to look much larger than most people's engagement rings. And you'd be surprised at how much attention a diamond like this would get, even in, in a jewelry. All right, listen, we're coming down to the close of the end of this show. Let's remind people that all diamonds right now are tax-free for the month of August. So if you're listening to the show and you're going to make an investment in a diamond anyways, might as well take advantage of the fact that it is tax-free. So that does present a tremendous amount of savings. Those savings increase the larger the diamond is, 
Put it in your portfolio with some gold and silver and sleep. Sleep well at night knowing you have something that has been trusted for thousands of years. That is what we think of when we look at gold and silver, and that is the type of investment we want our clients to have. I will remind everybody that as the end of this big bubble in real estate approaches and as these home prices start to slow down, it might take some time to happen, but eventually it is going to happen. Misplaced money is the killer of wealth. You have to think for yourself. We spent the show today talking with our friend Gerald Salente. We love him dearly. He's been fantastic contributor to the Real Money Show for years. And of course, in order to get into this market, I'd be remiss if I didn't let you know. It's simple. If you want to own gold or silver and you want to get into these markets, it's as easy as calling the number we give out all show long one eight seven seven eight silver. Put it into a TFSA. Put it into a registered account. If you like gold and you want to take it home with you, put it in your safety deposit box. There are some pros and cons, but you can do that as well. You can store it at our depository. If you have a fear of safety, you want it insured, you want it kept at a safe place where you can buy and sell by phone, or of course, we didn't even have time to get to it today, but we have a fantastic new account called the Allocated Financing Account. It is allocated and segregated product that you can buy at literally more than half off the value of silver. Instead of laying out a full dollar, why not use 30, 40 cents and then borrow somebody else's money to do it? You can afford to do that if you're in the right position and you take the time to call us at Guildhall. We'll show you how to make these investments. We want to thank you for listening. It's been a fantastic show this week. We wish you the best of weeks. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver is the number. The website is guildhallwealth.com. We'd like to thank Gerald Salente and, of course, Jeremy Wiseman. I'm Darren Long for Guildhall. We look forward to speaking with you next week. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.